If you are tired of the traditional classroom setting and ready to make the switch to virtual teaching, you definitely want to join us on this episode of the Teachers Who Quit podcast as we chat with Nikki Rhodes, a former in-person teacher turned virtual teacher, about her experiences for making the transition from creating a conducive learning environment to engaging with students online, Nikki shares her insights into the benefits of the virtual classroom. Nikki is also known as the snarky teacher, was teaching middle grades for four years, specifically math. And during her time as an educator, she also was the cheer coach, department lead, and content leader. She currently creates commission content for educational curriculum companies and has been tapped to co-host a teacher tell-all podcast and reality show based in Atlanta, Georgia. She is still creating mathematical tutorial videos for her previous students and once a teacher, always a teacher. Do not miss out on this valuable episode and discussion on the future of education. Welcome to the Teachers Who Quit podcast, the number one podcast for teachers who quit or really want to. And I'm your host, Tierney, your ex-teacher bestie. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the show, Miss Rhodes Math. I'm so excited to have you on the Teachers Who Quit podcast. And of course, to start us off, go ahead and give us a little intro about yourself. So I am Miss Rhodes Math, the illustrious snucky teacher. Um, (laughs) um, And I am a former middle school math teacher. Taught middle school for four years. Four years, and I actually taught elementary third grade for a year. Don't I don't even know how I survived it. It was terrible, <laughs> but I did it. I did do it. <laughs> that is so funny because third grade is my introduction to teaching. And while I love my upper elementary, I want to stay kind of far away from third grade. I, I My sweet spot was fifth grade I probably could have stayed there for a while then I decided to go to middle school a little bit but third grade my lord when they first come in it's like they are little babies I'm like Mm -hmm. I can't with you (laughs) um but anywho (laughs) love that we're going to be diving deep into all the nitty-gritty details but but I would love to kind of rewind it back to the beginning and hear from you as far as like What initially brought you into education? Did you study education in college? Give us the background details. Um, Actually, I have a very unique route to teaching. I am what we call an alternative path to education. So I actually did my undergrad in project management um, with a focus on IT and loved it. I went, got certified. So I have my CSM, so I'm a certified scrum master. So literally I can go build like your help project manage like the applications that you use on your phone, software, all sorts of stuff. So this is like, that's my background. <laughs> um, and what kind of brought me to education, I actually went and took two education classes while I was in my undergrad. Cause I had like just had my last child, my son. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go back, get my degree. I'm, I'll go be a teacher. Like, how hard could this be? And I took two classes and I was like, absolutely not. This is not for me. 
as soon as I started talking about student teaching, it was a wrap. And I, I just, and I left that little dream right there and I just kept it moving. So we'll fast forward a few years and I was working as a project analyst. So there's that. And I hated that job. I was driving. So I live in the Atlanta area. So to give you an idea, I was driving a little over an hour one way to like Alpharetta. And I don't mean like barely in Alpharetta. I mean, like we, I was going to South Carolina every day and it was the worst experience of my life. And I found myself like crying miserable like, on the way to work. And I ended up one day having this car accident where somebody rear-ended me, totaled my car that I was two payments from paying off. So y'all know that was, and filled the tank up. Y'all know how that's stressful. So um, when I was like, rehabbing and stuff my job was like well not the whole job just my manager at the time was like really really tripping about me not like i was freaked out about driving and she was really tripping about me coming to the office now this is all pre-covid and stuff so i i just was miserable and i felt i felt like out of place and so i was like let me just pray about it what does god really want me to do that was and so i was like and at the time i had already been during this, right? I was already tutoring a couple of girls that were at my church. I was already leading the dance ministry, the youth dance ministry at my church. And some of my girls were like, you're like the best math teacher I've ever had. I was like, well, I like math. Like this, like math is a no brainer. And one of them was like, why don't you just go be a teacher then? And I just thought that was the stupidest idea in life. <laughs> I did. I honestly did. I got this 10th grader trying to tell me what I should go do with my life. And um, but it just kind of, you know how somebody says something to you and it just really sticks with you. And so I couldn't shake it. And so this was at the time, like April. So I was like, I'm, I'll just go see if I can, I'll see what it is to be like, how it goes. So I ended up taking, um, in Georgia, we call it the gaze. I ended up taking the math gaze for middle school and I passed it first try, like flying colors. And I was like, I ain't even study. Like, okay, I, I still got it. <laughs> so you know how you stuff like that just have your cloud line. So then I was like, all I gotta do is teach the stuff I already know. Like this is gonna be a cakewalk. I didn't know. I did. I, had done it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. But I just felt good about it. So I was like, I could do this. And so I took all the other tests. And so I start off seven, and I end up going to the elementary school first. But that's how I had my <laughs> intro to third grade. Was teaching these third graders. And the problem is, like, and I talk about this a lot on my TikTok page about this experience with social studies and language arts. So it's like social studies is like the bane of my existence. I hate <laughs> I do not like to read. I know people are like, you're a teacher, you should really like. No, this teacher does not like, I'm not gonna read a book. Like, you just need to go on and give me the cliff notes. Even in high school, that was not me. So long story short with that, I hated teaching like the Lucy Culkin's like yeah. curriculum. I was like, why are they writing so much? Has she seen what third graders write? This is how I cliff fix. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, it was awful. It was a, so right. We can just do math all day. We just do, we just go math and color. And my students, and then we had to teach like the pilgrims and stuff. And they were asking oh, Lord. Girl, I was like, I don't know where these, they was like, Miss Rose, where's Massachusetts? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm cracking like, let's up. Let's look at this map together because we was learning at the same time. I just, like, I realized that for elementary, 
I loved that I had the same kids that I could really, really build relationships with just this group of 32 kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I hated teaching them stuff that I didn't understand. And then right. I have a smart mouth. Like if anybody that's ever talked to me or followed me on social media, like y'all know, <laughs> you know, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Like I cuss, like whatever. <laughs> like this you is got just, that shirt. <laughs> yes, it's, it's just me. So I was like, my math is a little too smart for them and my wit is a little too crass. So I was like, yeah, this is just not, they're not my, they're not my tribe. This is not yeah. my tribe. So um, the principal of the elementary school that I was working at, because I was really doing, I was there for a long term. So I really taught the whole year. I had a teacher that was having um, pregnancy complications. And so they brought me in. So it's really a fortunate situation where I got to, I didn't have any support. I was the teacher and I had to figure it out. So that gave me like right. a So I went, to, she was like, hey, you would be great for middle school. And I was like, okay, bet. So got my letter of recommendation and got hired to teach at a middle school. But I also got tapped to go teach project management at a high school, at a technical high nice. school. And I was like, I'm going to go teach middle school because this is going to be the best thing in my life. And that, that was the decision. Like I said, bump the high schoolers. I'm going to play with these fifth graders. Like, it, that made sense to me. So okay. got to middle school. And I honestly, I don't know what that high school experience would have been like. However, my middle school experience, when it comes down to my students, you know, just those people. Yes. <laughs> just the yes. kids. I loved, oh, God, I loved them. Those, okay. that, was, that was my zone. <laughs> so gotcha. that's how I got to teach it. So third grade on up to this grand offer to go to middle school up to the point where you were at your final, you know, days of being a teacher. So how long has your tenure in education been? So it was like four and a half ish years, like just shy of five years, I would think. Like okay. just shy. Got you. So with that, just shy of five years, you know what that statistic says, that most teachers mm -hmm. don't even make it to the first five for a and I plethora did of reasons. <laughs> I One think all thing, of my reasons are in the plethora. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my thing, because I harp on that statistic all the time, because you know my platform and, and how we got connected, for those who don't know, um, we follow each other on TikTok. And I want to say that's probably been over a year or so since I, I've mm -hmm. been following you on TikTok and stuff. And so my thing is, um, I think I came across her doing some math videos um, <laughs> on her page. And I, you can go look at my TikTok right now. I barely follow anybody. So some about those math videos. But also, I was a math teacher. Like, that's the only content that I taught. And, you, and I laugh about the social studies because my first year, whew, they had me doing math, science, and social studies um, oh, no. because Absolutely. we were still departmentalized. So I had my mm -hmm. ELA counterpart who she would, um, we would switch and swap. But anywho, girl, I, science, I don't even want to touch science and I don't want to touch social studies either. Like, I was just a math person because my major was econ. So that was just my ah. strong suit. Yeah. And so, please, I can't even tell you anything about that now. It's like I ditched that completely and went into education. But um, anyway, 
it's um yeah so saw some matthews follow her but my thing on tiktok and what i talk about is all about classroom management and a lot mm-hmm. of the reasons that i specifically am so clear on who i serve which is teachers who are in their first five years of the profession is for that exact statistic like a lot of them don't make it to the first five years and mm-hmm. when i would do like research on that because at one point i don't know about georgia even though you talk about atlanta and you were given that comparison i'm very familiar because i went to college out in atlanta and so i do know about um that driving distance so um <laughs> with that said everywhere um, yeah girl um when i was like doing some research um i did an education policy fellowship and here in texas we have over 240 educator prep programs um and i did an educator prep program because i also took the alternative route to education so then study that in college and um i was researching when you look at the educator prep programs and like majority of them are ineffective when they were surveying the teachers like classroom management behavior struggles was like one of the top reasons why they were like bye-bye i'm out then like i said there's a plethora of other reasons but that was a <laughs> big percentage and I'm like there's something that i can do about this because that's what i love mm-hmm. to talk about so um with that said you mentioned how you made this pivot from third grade elementary world to going into middle school. Um, you didn't go with that kind of offer to do the high school experience. I want to know in between those almost five years, like you were saying, before you actually were like, here's my resignation letter, I will not be returning. <laughs> was there any time before you like pulled the plug, so to speak, where you were like, the thought came to mind, like, I got to head out. And if so, yes. at what point was that <laughs> initial? Because I can tell you mine was year one. And I stayed there suffering really? for eight years. Really? So yes, ma'am. I think that for me, if I am, I don't feel like I've ever really shared this story. So I'm going to yeah, share it. Y'all. If, y'all think, if y'all think I'm crazy, I'm sorry. But this, I'm going to speak I'm my scared truth for what you're about okay? to say. Don't be scared. It just it happened to me. So I went to middle school and there were a series of there was just a series of events that kind of made me like, oh, maybe maybe this isn't for me. And then there was the aha moment a couple of years later that I was like, this is not for me. And and so I, and I'll explain. So when I first got there, I so prior to me going to middle school, I was having some health issues that I didn't know I was having. So okay. I've always had like, not to be too personal, but I've always had like issues yeah. with my stomach and IBS, which I think is really okay. common. Yeah. You know, everybody's got IBS, right? So, right. and I had no idea, wasn't really experiencing like any real pain or anything. But one day I went to the doctor and my, for my regular checkup, and my doctor was like, I need to get, I want to do like an ultrasound of like your abdomen. I just, I just have a hunch. I just want to check some stuff. And I've been going to this, to my doctor for years. And so I've always trusted his opinion and he listens to me. So I felt good about it and ended up having a bunch of gallstones. I had no, I like was not in pain. Not, I had no issues. I had no reason to even know that this was going on. 
So I felt really blessed in that because like he was just basically like my gallbladder was just like full of gallstones. And basically I needed to have surgery like now. And this is something wow. that puts like grown men in the hospital. And I'm just walking around, honky dory, riding roller coasters and going on vacation. I had no, no clue. So I put it off because I was starting a new position. So mm. that was my, that was me. I put it off. And I was like, I just got a new job. Like, I'm going to be teaching now. And I don't want to let the kids down, the, the community. I don't want to let people down. So yeah. I was already yeah. starting to, like, in retrospectively, I was already starting to put, like, that that guilt, like, on myself. And I mean, yeah. even, I didn't recognize it, right? Like, later, you, you're like, you big dummy. Like, why'd you do that? But I didn't know at the time. So I was like, I don't want to do it right now. I was like, can I wait? And he was like, I don't recommend it. But I can't make you do anything. Like when you're ready, you'll do it. So I waited three more months to go and have the procedure done. And my AP at the time was like, Are you sure you need to go and do this? Like now? And I was like, Lady, yeah. Like the doctor <laughs> said, I got to go. What you mean? Like, I, right. I, I'm here. We, I done made it through all this summer pre prep thinking time, the think time. <laughs> then I made it through the beginning of the school year. I done stood up here. I done taught all what you, you, I told you when I came in here, hey, my doctor said I need to go ahead and surgery. I'm be down for a couple of days and I'll be back. Like, I told you this. You knew this. And now you asking me, do I really have to do it? Later, you crazy? Yeah. So that was red flag. Yeah. Now, I did I do anything about this red flag? No. What did I do? Rushed back. I did that. I did uh. it again. I rushed back. So I had the surgery on like a Thursday. I was out Friday. I was back to school on Monday with like still taking heavy pain medication and like that couldn't even stand up to teach. Like the kids were bringing me bottles of what my kids were so sweet. They were bringing me my water, bringing me my lunches, <laughs> like helping me out, passing out papers. Like the kids were phenomenal. Zero adults assisted. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. So the, the whole building, 100, 100 teachers, zero people assisted me. So I was like, you know what? They don't owe me anything. I don't really know them. I just got here. So whatever. So fast forward two weeks, not, not even two weeks, two of my students, two of my girls got into a fight. And who breaks up the fight? The lady that just had surgery. Oh, no. I'm pulling these two little itty bitty children off each other. My two of my sisters. I said, what are y'all telling? You know how we get. You, your mom turns <laughs> on. And you're just like, what's happening? And they they were like, when they realized who it was that was like breaking them up, they were Miss Rose, Miss Rose, hurry, are you okay? Like the kids cared, but like the adults in the building, like the adults in the room that were aware of what was going on showed zero concern. So that was red flag number two for me. But again, I ignored it and moved on. After that, the rest of the year is fine. And then COVID hit. And mm. I was like, okay. I don't want to teach like this. Like, I don't want to teach virtually. Like, this is stupid. Like, like, and this is the beginning. I didn't know in my district really, we didn't, I didn't feel like we were prepared, even though I felt like 
you know, it had been on the news for a while and Georgia was like the last to close. And, you know, we were just like, we were like Texas holding on for hope, hoping it was just going to disappear one day. We was with y'all. We was with y'all doing the same dumb stuff. I think we might've closed a week before y'all, but yeah. it was literally like the last second. And it was literally like every day they would be like, tomorrow we'll let you know about the next day. Um, and I just felt like that limbo, like the communication yeah. wasn't very good. And like, it, it was just like stuff was just out of left field all the time. So I left it alone. I didn't stress about it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start over next year. Like, let's just see what next year looks like. So fast forward to my second year, we start virtually and I get there and mind you now we were six months into this pandemic and I go into class and we're teaching online. And by now I feel like a pro and I'm like, shoot, I got my webcams and stuff set up. Like we live in the life I'm having doing great. And I taught just to give perspective, I taught inclusion. So I am not special education certified, but in Georgia and middle school, that don't matter. You just get a co-teacher and then it's like, we'll yeah. put another adult in here that's got that certification. And the two of you together, that's, that's what makes it right fit. But I would still have 30-something kids on my roster per class, and I taught four classes. So that was fine. Me and my co-teacher were great. We were good friends at the time, and it was no big deal. And they were – so first, it was like the first two weeks, we had no students. Everybody was required to be at home. And then they were like, we'll bring, like, all of the severe ASD um, students into the building. I didn't have any of those. So I was like, cool, whatever. Y'all do what y'all want to do. I'm straight. Nobody's in my room. And then they were like, well, we'll bring – anyone else who has an IEP in if they want. And I ended up with like five kids. And I was like, all right, what's five kids? What's five kids? What's five kids? And then they were like, we're going to bring all the EL students if they want. <laughs> so it was like every week it was like a new group of kids yeah. that was coming into the building. And then I was like, okay, but my 80% of my roster is EL. What do you mean? Like, we're still wearing masks while sitting alone in our classrooms. So that's when, like, the anxiety really starts, like, kick in. And so one day, so this was red flag number three, I literally had a panic attack. And I'm on FaceTime with my husband crying. Like, literally, faces beat red. I couldn't, I could hardly, like, get enough air in. And that was the first time I'd had, like, a real panic attack. Like, I've had, a, we have anxiety. I think everyone has it to certain yeah. degrees. I literally was having a panic attack. And my husband was like, what in the heck is wrong with you? Like, what is happening? Did someone do something? And I really could not articulate what I was feeling. I felt hot. I couldn't explain it. Like, it was the craziest, like, emotion. I don't even know if that's the right term. And I was, I felt like I was losing my mind. So I ended up like getting it together. And this teacher that I'm not even like friends with, she's just like my neighbor teacher. She came over, she was like, are you okay, Rhodes? And I was like, no, no. I just was like, I was just crying and tripping out. So that was red flag number three. Cause I was like, now my body is telling me that something yeah. is not like, this ain't it, this ain't the move. So, you know, I kind of just moved on from that. And once the kids got there, like, you know how when your kids are in the room, it doesn't matter how you feel. You just kind of like turn that, person off and you just turn the teacher on and you're just like I was the yeah. same like bubbly fun loving like teacher that they always love and like those kids still talk to me and they probably have no idea that I used to cry before they got there today but it was like really exhausting to like be another person if that makes sense 
every day. Um, yeah. So that was like the third major thing. So then they were like, we're going to bring all the kids that want to come back. We'll start with sixth grade. So anybody who's in sixth grade that wants to come back, they can come back. So I ended up, all of my classes, I had like 10 kids per class. So ended up, we balanced the kids out. It was fine. So that whole next year was fine. And then I got to the third, no, that semester was fine. The second semester of that year, they were like, COVID's over, school's in session, everybody on the bus, we're all going back. The world is open. We're good. Okay. Soon as that happened, everybody was sick. People mm-hmm. were, I had already been on quarantine twice at that point. I was over it, like literally over it. And it was just a hot mess. And then I had a parent to tell me, <laughs> it was so wild. <laughs> these par- y'all, these parents are wild. I had a parent that was like, you should keep extra underwear at your desk just in case. And I was like, what, where is, why, why are you saying this to me? Like, what, what are you talking about? What are you, like, where does this go? Like who randomly says this to a person? I don't know. So I just, I'd never forget this like random piece of advice. And I was like, okay. And she was a teacher and this was her random advice to me. So I was like, okay, so I'll, I'll just take it. And so during that time, you know, TikTok was like, take it off. Cause everybody was doing their thing and my kids in my class were actually like miss Rhodes, um like you should make us videos to help us learn the material and so that's actually how my tiktok started was my kids wanted these math tutorials but i was thinking i was like they need to be digestible little nuggets so it was literally like whatever tiny it really made me hone in on what i was trying to show them so i figure it out I was like, how can I teach this to you in less than two minutes? Because, you know, you couldn't record like longer, like yeah. 90 seconds. So I was like, I need to teach you an hour's lesson in 90 seconds. So I would really narrow it down and they would watch it. And so like a lot of times it's always funny to me because I would see the views going up like, oh, I'm so popular. No, it's my kids watching my content on repeat. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Um, and I still actually get kids messaging me that I don't even teach about that same content. So kudos to my sixth graders from a couple of years ago for starting my TikTok <laughs> and giving me an idea, but it still helps them. They love it. Um, so that was like the highlight. And that kind of gave me like an outlet. And that's when I realized like, I'm not by myself. And that's when I found you. And then, which was actually super helpful because I didn't have <laughs> classroom management skills. I had a teacher face and a, I will jack you up and I mean it. Like and that's that, powerful though. <laughs> it is. And they never tested it. I never had kids to test what I what I might do. Cause I used to tell yeah. them I'm like I was a thug in my past life. And they would be <laughs> like, what does that mean? You want to find out? Like, and I drove like a Mercedes with rims on it, like it was low. <laughs> so they kind of believed me. Like it was like, <laughs> so I just literally let them. It was black with dark tint. Like it really played into the vibe because they said, yeah. "That's your car." Yes, you know, like <laughs> I'm not gonna change your mind if that's what if you believe me. We're going with it, um, right? So all that was well, and then my husband was like, you know you're a lot smarter than just like being a teacher. And I was like, don't say that because I really defend <laughs> I still am. I really am. But he was like, you know, you just have so much more potential than just teaching sixth graders. And I, and I, 
I was always so offended by his comment. And, and it was causing so much turmoil because I just felt like, what do you know what it takes to be a teacher? Right. And um, <laughs> it was just, you know, people say things they don't know, right? Like he has no idea. But one day he yes. said to me, and I think this was like the light bulb moment for me. So one day, so this is like finishing out my second year going into the summer. And he was like, it's not that you're just so smart or so talented. It's just that you're my wife and teachers do not get respected enough for me to be like, I'm all right with that person that's not being respected and who's not being cherished by society to be my wife. Like, that's a problem to me. And when he articulated this concern to me, but he said it in a way I was like, well, dang, <laughs> like, like yeah. he put it out there. Like he was saying like, no, I get it. You're doing like the Lord's work and trying to teach yeah. all the kids. And like, like I was funding my classroom, my kids, my students wanted for nothing. They got home cooked breakfast the last day of school. We would do, like, I would make pancakes for a hundred plus kids the last day of school. <laughs> every school year like I'm talking bringing my stuff from home to cook it like it was a huge thing for me I just thought it was great to do this and I want it was like something I could do and like we had all the supplies everything and I was like thankfully my husband was I was like hey I'm gonna spend $200 and he would just be like <laughs> what oh I need to buy this for my school <laughs> like he's like so why isn't the school paying for that? No, no, no. It's for my kids. <laughs> like, and I owned those kids. Like, I was going to softball games, basketball games, football games, cheerleading competitions, showing up to churches, going to plays, dance recitals for my students. Because yeah, that was what I did. And I still right. do it. But it was a thing, right? But having someone articulate to you that someone outside of education that, hey, y'all get crapped on so much so, and I love you more than they love you. And I need yeah. you not getting crapped on by the people that don't care about you because they don't, the value that you bring, they don't respect that. And they don't, yeah. they are not doing what they need to do to honor that. And I was like, I'm really not like that great of a teacher. Like, so then I'm trying to justify it, right? So that was the moment that like it kind of just stuck in my head that he had said this and I didn't do anything with it it showed up to school the next year the next school year and that school year I decided to be like the cheer coach and I was like all things are gonna be wonderful and I had a another teacher who signed up to coach cheer with me and then she resigned so <laughs> we we coached for two months and she resigned <laughs> and I was wow. like I can't do this alone so then right. i was like so who else is gonna do it who else is gonna do it and my principal gave me hell <laughs> about oh. cheer the parents was on my back about every little thing so i was like y'all i went from having a partner to share this work with to having no one it is just me and it was a catastrophe and i did the best that yes. i could crazy and so the the final straw with it was our principal coming to me and basically saying like I don't want them doing like booty shaking cheers and I was like what are you, what are you talking about like I clearly I know that I'm dealing with seventh and eighth graders because that's who's a lot of cheer like I understand that I'm and I would never and had not done anything like that and then right. 
she met with my cheerleaders absent of me and came back and was like, your cheerleaders said that you don't listen to them and you tell them what to do and you pull, pick out all the cheers and, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you mean coach? Right. Like I'm the coach. Like they bring me, hey, we want to do this cheer. And if it doesn't meet the standards that you gave me, I tell them no. Like, right. like tell me where I went wrong here. And so it was kind of like the undermining of my decision-making. And then it was like, just it just kept snowballing, right? Like we would have little programs and they would be like, can we get your music a week ahead? Like just to make sure. And I'd be like, okay. And it was just little things like just undermining me as, a, as an adult, yeah. as the coach and as a teacher. It was like little crazy stuff. And then I had a parent report me to the district because of TikTok. <sighs> and I was like, what? but then, the, <laughs> oh yeah, but it wasn't even, a hot mess, wasn't even founded on anything. The lady, my son had gotten COVID from school and someone else had posted, one of the, our other TikTok teachers had posted about COVID going around school and how in, in the elementary setting, which my son was in elementary school at the time, it was really going around because the kids are just, they weren't, you know, they weren't requiring them to wear a mask and the teachers, it was just, a it, they're elementary school kids. So my son had it. And so I was like, dang, I got to be out of school because he got COVID. And then they were like, oh, just two days and you're back. So my son's at home with COVID, but I'm at school. And and the parent was upset because her child follows me and I guess said something about me, about my son having COVID. And she messaged me on TikTok and I don't respond to parents on social media. You need to reach me, email me at my work email. And so I didn't respond to her. So she didn't email me directly. She took that as her reaching out to me. She went from that, didn't reach out to my school, went straight to the district. The district reached out to my principal and my principal called me to the office. Girl, so this is, I had had enough at that point. So when they were talking to me and they were telling me like, hey, this is all what's going on, blah, 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 blah. Like this was what's up. You know, and you just need to be careful with social media. I was like, well, let me, I said, pump your brakes. Let me just go ahead and stop y'all right there. Just so you know, I'm kind of a big deal on social media. And I have well over this many thousand followers. And I'm basically TikTok famous. So y'all going to have to figure out what you need to do. <laughs> she, they looked at me like I had lost my mind. <laughs> and I was so serious. And I literally sat there like, and I'm her. She is me. I'm the it shit. Like you, so we still what you to collect these brand deals. How about it? Huh? Amen. <laughs> what? Because I was at. You know, when you've had it, when you've had enough. Like my brain had shifted from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm again walked on to y'all on y'all last leg. Like you need me. I don't need you. I had yeah. let TikTok blow my head up. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I needed that. And yeah. um, it was downhill from there. It was, my husband putting that junk in my head probably was the worst thing for teaching that, that ever happened. It's like a little seed was planted. Mm-hmm. And that thing yeah. was blossoming. And it was Quit. like, I was like, I'm not taking less than what I deserve. You're not going to talk to Amen. me any old kind of way. You're not going yeah. to, to undermine my intelligence. You're not going to question what, what I'm doing unless I'm doing something wrong. You want to provide criticism and encouragement and you want to help me grow and become a better teacher? Fine. You want right. to criticize me and tear me down? I don't have time for that. Right. So it just, 
it was all of those things. And then just like, it was one thing after another, another. just kept yeah. going. And I was just like, y'all tripping. I said, it's, and at one point I told my girlfriend, I was like, you know, it's not me. It's really not me. And then stuff would happen where other people would see it. Yeah. And my, thankfully I ended up with two good friends out of, out of teaching. And mm -hmm. they were seeing it because at the by this time I was the content lead. I'm the cheer coach, I'm the head cheer coach, huh? Both trying to get their kids to come see me by the end of the season, baby. Best cheer coach they had. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, when I went to the game, they're still doing my cheers, huh? Shake your booty and out. Okay. So just put it out there. Yeah. So I was content lead, department lead, team level lead, great chair. I'm going to the meetings for the district, for the county to represent my school. Like, it was funny because I was in all these leadership yes. type roles of no extra money, though. There ain't no extra money. Yeah. Just all these titles. And then when I started saying, no, I, I'm not doing this. And then the, the, the straw that broke it, I will never forget it, was when my AP was like, we need to have you know, a meeting on during our planning on Monday. And then we're going to have this particular meeting on Tuesday. And then y'all need to meet with your teams on Wednesday. And then Thursday during your prep. Now, these are all our prep meetings. Then right. Thursday during your prep, you need to have no a meeting about time. this. And then Friday, you need to make sure that you call all your failing students or anything by Friday. You need to have parent contact. So throughout the week, you should have parent contact for all of your students. What? Girl, Through the what? week, for a week. And it didn't sit right with me. I went, I, I prayed on it. I went to her and I, I sent an email and I was like, Hey, I just want to know, can I, I'd like to speak with you. I have a concern about the scheduling. Yes. And the amount of meetings we're having. So I'm trying to be professional. So I was ready. Okay. I had in my head, I planned it out and she came to my room and she closed the door and I said, you know, I understand the need to have these conversations there. They're very useful conversations that need to be had. However, based on the amount of time we're in the building, our contracted hours, and the amount of time being taken out of our preps, I'm not going to have time to plan for my students, prepare for the conversations that you want us to have on Fridays, have the grades in by within a time that you're require, requiring us to have them in. And I feel like the schedule just isn't conducive to a positive work-life balance yeah. and the response was well for generations teachers have just had to do what they have to do to make it happen in my mind wow. they might as well i might as well have quit right that second i was right. like okay i said and i told her to her face i will not be working outside of my contracted hours I will arrive at 8.29 to be ready to start at 8.30. And I will leave at 4.31 in the car. And I meant it. Yes. Meant it. That was, this, that was the last year. That was the last year I was there. By October, okay. I was looking for a job. <laughs> By October, I was on my way up out of there. I could not believe it. Okay. I couldn't believe it. But that's how we ended up. That's the beginning to the end. That's the crazy story. Wow. <laughs> and I just, I definitely um, relate to everything you shared. And I think the same for me too. Um, it was so many little things adding up. I already knew I was on my way out, but I was real vocal about being on my way out. I'm like, like listen here, I'm getting this Texas principal, sir. 
because y'all aren't good with creating healthy culture. So I'm gonna go ahead and do it. You couldn't let me mm-hmm. show you how, how it's done, and I'll be yeah. on my way out. Just so you know, and I was very, very, very clear on that. I was laughing because the last year that I was a teacher, um, uh, they sent out that little. Are you returning to campus next year? <laughs> That's what they do. I, they probably do it in Georgia too. It's probably an education thing. And so I put yes. You know, <laughs> I'm crying. Please, please, I weep. Okay. I put yes so, on my- <laughs> <laughs> so they sent that, you know, to all the teachers, and you know, I got that, and I was like, you know, already what the answer gonna be. I'm on my way out, and I was very clear about that but they knew because like even in my um program to get my principal's license i had to be all throughout that year sort of what they call an admin intern where it's like Mm -hmm. i'm doing some of the work that i would be as if i was a leader Mm -hmm. so they knew what in game in goal was gonna be and so i was like unless you're offering me this role (laughs) to step outside this classroom and to lead um don't expect me to bring my talent back here next year and um the principal knew what it was see now i knew that principal um um, because she was my teacher coach my very first year through my alternative certification program so fast forward i'm in my eighth year of education and i i I reached out to her and i was like "Hey, hey i'm trying to be this dean of students this is what I want to be. I'm about to get my license. So I'm trying to step into that role. And, you know, it was, oh, we don't know if we have any vacancies that we're going to have to wait. Of course you okay, don't. baby. Because by April, I had already secured the bag elsewhere and promptly put in that resignation because I'm um, taking my talents elsewhere. But in who? So, yes, this, I mean, everything that you're saying, like, I went from school to school to school to school to school. And it's just the same problems everywhere you go. So I was like, ah, nah. And everywhere was a culture concern. It was a deep, deep culture concern, especially what you're talking about with like no respect for your work-life balance. And I was that person. Like, I don't care what Betty Jane down the hall is doing. Best believe. Now, I did come early because I never really, because even though I'm in Houston, I'm kind of on the outskirts of Houston. Mm-hmm. And so I always had to make a little commute into the city to, to oh. go to my school. So, so I would get there early to beat that traffic. So I was there a good 45, 30 minutes minimum max, like, you know, pretty much arriving to school. So I did technically work outside my hours. But even though I arrived early, I was leaving immediately on time. And would dare somebody to question me about it. And you have those trifling teachers who want to like look, look at you like, oh, you 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 headed out? Sure am. Because you rolled in Betty Jane at 8.30 when school started and I had been here since 7.30 or 7.45. Mm-hmm. So how about you? Right. you worry about yourself? Okay. But yeah, I'm right. going to digress on that. But anyway. That's girl, okay. I had a few of those too. It was a hot mess. <laughs> it was a hot mess. Yes. I, it was it was <sighs> Teachers be trifling. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. That's yeah, that that worse. That is worse. I actually tried to go to high school before I quit. I did. 
I was like, okay. you know what? I'll just go, I'll loop with my kids and yes. go to high school. So I was like, I'll just teach the same kids. Whatever high school they're going to, I'll go over there. And they had a coaching position for cheer. So I was like, bet, I'll just go be the cheer coach. And the principal at the school, the high school, she was like, girl, come on. That's not a problem. Like, I would love to have you here, you know, because she already right. knew, like, she knew about me because I had already been the cheer coach for the middle school. And we had already had several conversations and communicated. And we weren't besties, but she knew about me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she didn't have anything negative. Because, I, I mean, I didn't have nothing negative on me. I always had good evals exactly. and everything like that. So uh, so I was like, okay, cool. So I'll coach. So what they don't do, which I feel like is really a disservice, is people like to gatekeep information when they know that you don't know. And I felt like that is exactly what happened. So when I mm. was like, you know what? <clears throat> like when the, the opportunity presented itself, we have a transfer window. That's like yes. yeah. early second semester, like before you even say like, yes, I'm staying, there's yeah. a transfer window. And it's like two weeks long. But if you don't know that there's a transfer window and the button is so tiny. They can hold you, baby. the portal <laughs> that you yeah. think you'll miss it. So I didn't know anything about this transfer portal. The day after the portal closed, my principal was like, um, we can see if we can, you know, the, the transfer window closed, so you can't just go over there, you know, because I had taken the high school test has two tests. However, yeah. if I was coaching, I'd already passed one. I just had to take the other one. And in order for my students to receive their credit for having taken my class, I would have had to got my certification before the end of the first semester. And I was like, how hard is that? I'm going to be sitting at the high school. I can just study for the high school test because I got to be able to teach everything through calculus. And I hate calculus. That's the only type of math I don't like. And <laughs> so I was like, I could pass this test. You know, I'd already done the other one with no problem. So I was like, I'll just go over there and I'll coach and I'll study for the test. I'll take the test. It, it's no problem. I just felt like it would be fine. So the day after the transfer window, she was like, we need to sit down and have a conversation. Now, not before, not when there's an opportunity. Oh, no. Not talk to you when it made some sense after the fact. Now, I already emailed long before, apparently. She said, no. And she was like, well, you know, I understand that's what you want to do. And we'll just see what we can do to assist you. And I was like, okay, you know, my little naive self. Okay, well, I appreciate all you're trying to do. And, you know, I hope it works out. And it, she was like, well, you know, if you're going to coach. And I was like, well, I was going to go coach over there, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, I ain't going to tell all that little personal business. But <laughs> there was a relationship that took, that was blossoming and, and taking place. And the two people in a relationship, one of them worked at the school I was trying to go to. And he was like, I guess they done had a conversation. And ultimately, the coaching job that was available magically was closed. Magically, it was no longer available. They don't wow. have no person. There was no person. Matter of fact, when I talked to the head coach recently, there was no person. And she was under the impression that I was coming. So when she found wow. out that I was coming, she was like, Rose, where you? what's going on? I said, they told me the job was closed. But at that point, this is six months later. Wow, that is so true. Oh, that is so true. You know how to do, honey. They don't want you. They don't want yeah. you. They got something. Whatever the case is, you know, it, 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 at that, I, you know when it's personal. And I knew it was personal because when I told my girlfriend, I said, you know, there's a transfer window. So I, she was like, girl, no, because we're all new. The three of us were, are new. None of us knew about the transfer window. Yeah. But everybody, all the old head teachers knew. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, well, they be knowing, they be and they didn't and say so, nothing. <laughs> but listen, here in Texas, in our public school districts, if you don't transfer within that two-week window, you can still go if your school releases you. Oh, girl. I don't know if it worked like that with y'all, but we would have, have yeah. some principals, but they ain't releasing you. I remember, oh, my gosh, this is probably my second year in education. And I wasn't trying to go anywhere. I didn't want to teach in general, but I wasn't trying to like transfer nowhere. So, so anyway, there was someone else that I knew who was also in their second year and wanted to transfer. And it was actually it was a handful of them that wanted to bow out. They didn't do it within the window. So this one school where they all, all went interviewed at and I guess made a path to go over to our principal told them, I'll give you one, but I'm not giving you the other. Like, we are pawns in their game to just play around. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. So I know, about that. I know about that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's jacked up. It, and it is jacked up. And I know people outside of education have that. no idea how like insignificant teachers are in the big scheme of things. Like we're the yeah. face they stick out there, you know? But like we have no, we have we have everything to lose, nothing to gain. And we are the thing that gets tossed out there is like, oh, we need somebody to blame? It's the teacher's fault. And we're just like, what do y'all want? Like I, I have no control. <laughs> like exactly. what do you want me to do? Exactly. So it's so crazy that that's how it's done. And it, it's sad. Because you lose good educators like that. Yeah. Yes, yes, you do. And so you made your transition out. And how, how long did it take for you to secure your next position? Whew, I started looking October. I did not secure my first trans because I kind of transitioned twice. So I started looking at October. I it took me from October to June. So Ooh, what's that? Girl. 10 months almost no eight months yeah a while it was it's, long so. it was long and it was tough it was really tough because i had to convince people i i had more than one person tell me more than one interviewer recruiter and vp tell me that oh you're just a teacher and i was like just a teacher just what's the what's that mean just we I was so names. We need company names. Drop I them serve. now. I serve based in Atlanta, Georgia. Says, "Oh, you're just a teacher, huh? One of the biggest employers." I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> they are a huge company here. However, I serve the guy. The recruiter told me, "Oh, no, not the recruiter. The person doing the interview, the manager of the position, was like, you're just a teacher.' Like he looked at my resume, he was like, "Well, everything is impressive until you get to teaching." Ooh, that's everything is impressive. Wow. It's like, yeah. go yeah. ahead. You won't survive one day. How about that? <laughs> I always come say back that. Huh? Everybody got some trash to talk. <laughs> go do a day in a middle school. Huh? And this time hey, we are at that. How they were hollering during this pandemic, claiming that they were now the teacher. No, you ain't doing that. Yeah. Half. <laughs> so you became a virtual teacher you ended up securing that position in june yes i did now and what were you 
Yeah, virtually. Math again. So still math, sixth and, sixth and seventh grade math. So I started off doing that. And I did like it. I'm not even in front. I, well, let me back up. I liked it, but it's not the same. So virtual teaching, it didn't even feel like COVID teaching. So the organization that I was working for, they were really well organized as far as like how their system is set up and how you're going to do it. And all your, like, it is a very no prep environment. However, it doesn't feel as personal. Like there's an, there's an adult in the room with your students. And I was kind of like jealous of the adult in a sense, because I was like, <laughs> she gets to like throw the markers and stuff that I get to do in my, like when I'm in the physical classroom. And yeah. so though it might be great for other teachers and there are other educators that absolutely love it. It was yeah. just, it didn't feel like, it was the fun parts of teaching, like the relationship building. Like you ever try to like, it's like long distance dating, but you're never going to see each other ever. <laughs> and it, that's how it felt. But it was like, so I'm never going to get to get that hug at the end of the school year. I'm never going to like, I don't know how tall they really are. And that was one of the things I loved about teaching was like sixth grade, you know, they grow so much. Like they come in like babies from elementary and they leave with like goatees and stuff. Like it's wild. It's so wild how big they get. And I love that. It's the, the kids was always like the, the driver. Like I was going because I was going to hang out with my little broke besties every day. And that's what teaching <laughs> was to me. And yeah, I taught them, but like, I remember there was a point like my kids were helping me run a business like it was hilarious like they okay. learned so much girl we yes. was getting it and <laughs> and it was a lot of fun but they learned that's how they learned some of these math concepts but that relationship part really sucks in virtual teaching that's my opinion if it works for you great but your girl was not for that and and you can't be like a smart butt to them because it's you know it's not appropriate <laughs> Even though, you know, but in my classroom, I am. I'm I'm like snarky and crass and like I will push a kid and just laugh and they'll be like, I'll push you back. Okay. Like I'm a big kid in my class. And that's I felt like virtual teaching, I felt like my personality was being stifled and I had to just behave. And I didn't like that. I didn't like behaving, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. And so um in the different classrooms you mentioned like you're kind of streaming in and teaching the lesson there's another adult present in the room like how large were those class sizes super tiny so surprisingly i think one of the biggest ones was like 18 19 kids oh and i've wow. used to class sizes of like 35 and 37 packed yeah. into a uh, box you know exactly. like i'm used to living like a sardine mm -hmm. and here i am at my house cozy and they all spaced out and i was like what kind of what is this <laughs> I didn't like that either. I, I felt it was like y'all just looking at me on the screen. It's not. Fun. Yeah, that was weird. It's a weird vibe that teaching online. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like that part. Okay, so I'm curious um, because I know you did it when we all had to do it in the midst of the pandemic. Even though our pandemic is still happening to this day. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know from your perspective do you feel that it was effective um so i don't think that all districts executed it well there were you know there's always like teachers that are good at stuff 
And so they figure it out. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those teachers, I, I'm, I'm techie and I'm kind of geeky in that way. So I could figure it out. Do I think it was effective? Only in those, only for students who had enough support at home to help, right? It's so like yeah. when we were virtually teaching and we were forced into it, it's still a partnership. And I feel like that same level of partnership parents were offering when we were in live in school, basically hands off, you raise them while you got them and I'll raise them when they get here. Maybe that yeah. same level was what they got at, at home. And it just felt like, you know, I would call parents and they just wouldn't answer. And then I would talk to the kids and they're like, oh, my dad's out of town and no one's here. And I'm like, so who's home with you, 12 year old? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And um, so I don't feel like it was effective because it truly was based on a relationship that already was weak. If pa parents weren't involved in education, and I'm speaking as a whole, but but generalizing my my demographic of students, I, like I can only speak from my experience. And for the students that I taught, I was already struggling with getting parents involved. It was already a struggle in my school and in my district to get parents involved. I taught at a lower income Title One school. And we know that not that being Title One means additional things. However, the two tend to go hand in hand where you have lower income, you have more transient communities. And then we have language barriers. I've had up to three different languages being spoken in the same classroom to include English. And so it's a struggle. And I felt like that relationship not being there made virtual teaching really difficult. So I do think like when we were forced into it, it was super difficult because those relations, that parent teacher relationship and that parents trusting the district and trusting us to do the job we were paid to do, that didn't exist. But when I was doing the virtual teaching, like as a job, parents were on it. Like you send an email, they were like, they were on it. But I feel like that's because that's what the expectation was. Yeah. And so it's different because now I know I'm signing my child up for a virtual course. Therefore, okay. this is the expectation. So it was different. And the kids were dedicated. They did. I didn't have problems like kids not doing their work, kids not checking in, kids not coming to class. Like they were they were doing what they were supposed to do. So, so. you were streaming into these schools to. Like. These schools needed to partner with the company you were working with because of maybe like shortage, teacher shortage. Mm -hmm. Or maybe yeah. they just wanted to offer some different classes so they decided to partner with this org or whatever. Yep. So the parents that they necessarily know that, hey, this class their kid is going to be participating in is, is going to have a streamed in teacher. They were very aware of that. Is that something they could opt into or opt out of? Or it's like, if you don't take this streamed in class, John so I know of at least two schools that I was aware of where there was not an option because there was no teacher for the course. Like there's yeah. because of teacher shortages. Um, right. So we already know like math and science, math, sciences and technologies are typically your and, and special education are your high needs. I know at least in Georgia, they're your high needs areas. There are the fewest number of teachers certified in those areas. Yeah. And they're required content. So especially mathematics is a required content. 
thanks to No Child Left Behind and language <laughs> and English language arts. However, we tend to find plenty of teachers to teach ELA. I'm not one, but I'm a math teacher. And it's like, as a math teacher, they're like vultures looking for you because they, yeah. there's just not enough. Um, and so there's just not enough. And, and like a lot of schools have, now kind of loosened up their requirements and they're like yeah. if you can count you can teach math like the person that's doing my taking my class now like because I know way too much about what was on my old job but anyways so like this person isn't certified to do the teaching but yeah they're there yeah. <laughs> they're winging it you know so it, but it is yeah. what it is. Like, what do you do? You don't have people willing to step up and do it. And we're running off those that those of us that can and want to in record numbers. So, yeah, the, it was due to shortages. And then there was a couple of schools that were doing it because they wanted to have that option and they had the flexibility. And basically, they just had so many students. They were like, hey, we can offer this for like our gifted or higher flyer students that are pretty much like more self-sufficient. And then those that need this in-person teacher now we can kind of hone in on those so i'm not sure how that dynamic probably look i don't think i would have liked to be the teacher in person knowing that like all the kids you labeled as like good for getting the virtual teacher and then that basically what you were saying was it so good was getting me i'd have been like what what you mean yeah, yeah there's that there's always a pro and a con con is not always for sure <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, so when you were streaming in every class that you were streaming in to teach to was based in Georgia. Nope. Nope. Oh, tell us about that. that. So it's unique. So you pick your time slot. So you would say, okay, I'm going to be available from nine to one. And then I might be available at like six to eight PM. Right. So I'm picking my schedule and I'm going to keep this schedule hopefully for the whole year for the semester. And then there's like subs. So if you want to just be a sub, you can pick up a class if the teacher's out. Because even your virtual teacher, if she's out, somebody's got to fill that space. Um, right. But the lessons are pre-done. So you don't have the lesson plans. That's the, that's a pro. <laughs> if you're out. You got a lesson plan. It's already there. Like save, next teacher, pick up right off. Um, so you can pick up other states. There are complications, though, because like your my Georgia certification would not be useful in like Texas because y'all use TEKS and we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so though they would accept it initially, I would have had to go get certified wow. in, or an additional licensure basically from whichever states. Now, some states didn't care. They were just like, if you work for this particular company, we'll accept it because they've already vetted that you yeah. are certified because that was something that had to happen. Like it's on my license right now and on my cert that I talk, I talk for them. Like they're on my license for the next two years. So you can do that and, and some states will accept it. Some do not. So like Texas, I know for sure is one that does not. In California, they don't want to hear it. Like California said, you won't get your certification from me. Exactly. You're going to have to yeah. meet. Well, we do, boo. <laughs> yeah, Texas, <laughs> Texas, weird. Texas. Yeah, that, that, that's But not, Georgia does the same to Texas. I always thought it was interesting that these southern states that have pretty much like the same problems in education, we are. We, you would think that we'd be like, let's align and figure it out. No. Yeah. <laughs> let's make it as difficult as possible. And so, oh, yeah. So would you say um, when you're thinking about like salary, when you're working for this organization, was it comparable? 
to what you were receiving um, as a teacher at that traditional brick and mortar campus? Yes, okay. and for some teachers, it looks like more, right? Um, so you got to think about your content areas. So of course, math, um, special education, gifted teachers, and language teachers. So if you taught a, a different language, so Spanish, French, German, Italian, like if you taught some of those, then in your high, like high level, certain like specialty classes, like high level specialized, they would make a little bit more. Now they did raise the pay overall through the organization right when I started. But then as a teacher for teaching math, like I got even more on top of that. So that made it worthwhile. So then when you take out, I don't have to commute. I can create my own schedule. I can teach as many classes pretty much as I want to up to eight hours a day, which is like four to seven classes, depending on the school and how you set your schedule. Um, it was comparable, right? Had the same breaks, yeah. still had summers off, you know. Um, that was fine, but I don't know the trade-off for me, once I got into it with not being able to physically be there, like there's no grading. So you don't have to grade. Everything's auto graded. All you, you're literally just a teacher. You just teach. You don't grade. You don't have to necessarily like do a hundred bunch of behavior. You don't have to write IEPs. You don't have to go to IEP meetings. You don't have to do none of that. You just show right. up and teach. Just show up and teach. So yeah. You did, you're doing virtual teaching. You had that experience. Um, what other projects are you involved in um, in doing in addition? <laughs> so, um, so TikTok opened a lot of doors for me. And I always tell, like, when teachers ask me now, like, what's a job the teacher can do? And I'm like, social media. Like, go jump on it while it's hot. Um, so TikTok did open it presented a lot, lot of opportunities because when I realized like, you know, in my own little quirky, weird way, I'm kind of funny, you know, like people like my random personality, I guess. I don't know. And um, I started to find more and more teachers would ask me questions and want to know my opinion. And um, I was like, I didn't realize that I think in teaching, your voice is so stifled and it's kind of confined. You know, teachers all the time, we say like, what happens in my room stays in my room. We have that phrase, like when I close my door, this is my space. And I think that oftentimes what happens is like our voice is also in that space and it's closed up in there. And so we aren't heard beyond our classroom. And TikTok gave me a space that I didn't know existed because I started making like additional content. So I was doing that tutorials and I was like doing a little trending stuff. And I was like, I'm a terrible dancer. That's not my thing. But I made a video about school supplies and it like blew up because people were so pissy about it. And I was like, when I send y'all this list, like just buy it, just buy all the stuff. Stop questioning me about the dang supplies and then wondering. And it was like, People, that video made me realize, like, people really have no clue. They're like, well, the state should buy it and the school supply. I was like, but if they don't, you're still looking at me, homie, and I can't afford it for 140 kids. So if you buy yours and little Susan gets hers and little Bobby gets his and little Joe over there gets his, everybody got what they need and I can keep the little $2 I make. Like, come on, people. So TikTok gave me that voice to say that. And when I, so that kind of, I had a couple of videos like that just kind of blew up and I was like, oh, for real? Like, y'all want to know what I have to say and you want me to say it because I'm going to say it. And people started asking questions and I started giving the answers 
And I just, I committed myself to not lying about it. And I was like, here it is, raw and cut. <laughs> and um, it just kind of kept going from there. So TikTok is one. And then I, I got a, a deal to do um, for a, a curriculum organization that I actually do like. And they um, have a focus on project-based learning and project-based math specifically for upper grades. So um, eighth through 12th and beyond. And they were like, can you make a promo for us? And I was like, I'm not an actress. Like, I'll do it. You know, cool. So I did that one. And then like the next month, somebody else asked me to do one. And I was like, y'all, like, again, I'm not an actress, but I mean, I'll do it. <laughs> so, um, and then I got asked to do one for Stacey Abrams. And I was like, yo, this is like the coolest thing in life. Heck yes, I'm going to do it. And I was like, you really want to hear my voice though. And so um, one of the, I guess, people on her campaign that was like trying to get um, like people to talk about different things, she reached out to me and she said, you know, I see that you're an educator and you're, you're a Georgia edu educator, but can you just speak to that perspective? Like why should Georgia edu educators vote for her? And, and I just was kind of like, you think people are going to want to hear me talk about that? But I actually, I did it anyway. I talked to my current employer and I was like, I know this is political. I just want to make sure it's fine, you know, but I'm kind of famous on social media now. So, you know, you got a star in your hands. And my current job was like, as long as you don't mention us, girl, we do not care. <laughs> so I was like, well, I won't put it on LinkedIn. I'll just put it everywhere. And so that was the agreement. And my job being so, my current job being so supportive of it, I was like, there's companies that don't give a crap. Like you can have all the social media you want to and they do not, like you are, they are unfazed. So I did it and I actually had a couple people send me messages and they were like, you know, not even so much about like the campaigning, but it was more from the perspective of like, I just appreciate feeling like somebody sees me and and I'm heard. And and so that kind of stuff kind of just made me feel like, oh, I have a bigger platform than I, than I thought. Like I might not have, you know, a million followers, but the people who are following me, they, they, whatever it is that I bring to the table, they like it. So I started doing that. And then um, a couple of months ago, um, the idea of a podcast for here in Atlanta actually popped up. And I already knew about your podcast. And I was already like, I'm, in, I'm here for it. Um, so I did a podcast came up and they, the, the, the ask was for it to be about the realities of teaching uh, based out of Atlanta. And I was like, whatever, <laughs> you know, but then it became reality. So now I'm co-hosting this podcast and actually it's two of my friends um, from teaching. So one of them is an actress already um, on the side because, you know, teachers, we are multifaceted, have lots of talents outside that classroom. You would not believe. And um, so it was kind of something that was presented to her. And she basically was like, I want to bring like I know the perfect people to bring this to life and we sat down we talked about it and then we kind of like we heard nothing it was like so you talk about it you know how it is that's showbiz i guess so you talk about it and you're just like crickets crickets and we were like well you know we were out to brunch one day and i was like so is this really gonna happen and we we're like let's just record some stuff and act like we're famous you know and um so that was really cool we did that joking around and then um like a week after they were like, yeah, we want y'all to record like a first episode. And we're like, what? Okay. And then um, then we went and recorded a second episode and we moved to like this little studio and we we're just like, 
So this is like, like it felt real, you know? So it was actually really cool. Uh, so it's the Real Teachers of Atlanta. That's what we're doing. And so I'm, I'm excited because so as we kind of like figure it out, because obviously I've never done a podcast and it's supposed to be like a, I don't know, it's weird. It's not weird, but it's cool because it's literally like y'all spill the beans, like tell us what it what it's like. And the idea is to kind of like what you're doing, talking about, you know, those of us who have left the profession and why and like really just shedding that light. But they want it from like the Atlanta perspective, like so some of them are still teaching. I'm, I think I'm the only one who's actually not currently there. <laughs> so there's that. That's all I'm doing. And still doing my tiktok in and my facebook in and, you know, Miss Rose math everywhere. <laughs> That's so I got a awesome. lot of irons in the fire. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, those are some great projects that you're sharing about. Um, that sounds really, really cool. Um, Honestly, we have spent such a time talking. We have made this quite a long episode, so y'all are going to truly enjoy listening to this <laughs> special podcast that I have. And with that said, um, for, for somebody listening right now that's considering leaving teaching, it will be one sentence of encouragement that you would give to them. Just do it. Just leave. Uh, Steve Harvey says, just jump, you know, he has this whole phrase that he says, like, just, just jump, like, you don't know what's going to happen. You've already been in this situation, like, what, just go. Um, I think that's the best thing to do. And don't allow, don't listen to the naysayers of, you're just a teacher. There's so much that we do. There's so many skills that we have, that we are required to have. And we're so talented as a, like, as a profession, I feel like we're probably the most talented profession. <laughs> And just go for it. Like, don't allow any negative things. Don't don't listen to somebody who's like, you should just keep, te- you're just such a great teacher. You should keep teaching. No, just because I'm good at it doesn't mean this is what's for me. So you can go be amazing somewhere else. You know. Love that. Yeah. Just do it. Sponsored by Nike. Post- yep. Sponsored by That's Steve what you did do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so all of y'all listening, make sure to connect with Ms. Rhodes Math. Her information will be linked down in the description below and thank you for being here with us today thank you for having me thank you for listening to the teachers who quit podcast keep listening to us on apple Podcasts or spotify subscribe and leave us a review to get a shout out on our socials and remember to shamelessly choose you